Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. We hope these messages encourage your diligent and careful search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Let's talk about beginnings. A baby begins learning to talk by imitating the movements of the mother's mouth and tongue. Sounds between child and mother are imitated and encouraged. Those sounds become more refined as they begin to be identified with meanings, such as when a child would say, Mama, and the mother would smile and give encouragement. Sounds then not only identify people and objects in the child's environment, they soon are able to ask for things. This is one path to a child learning to talk. The problem is it does not always happen this way. Children with autism often don't make vocal sounds or the language that they once knew seems to disappear. No one knows why. Because the child cannot express themselves, they often resort to other forms of communication. Tantrums can become an effective means of gaining an adult's attention. Aggression such as hitting or scratching works as well. Communication is taking place, but it is not very specific. The specialists that work with autistic children realize that one of the most important skills that they can teach is a more effective form of communication, but they cannot start at the same place as an infant begins to learn language. They must begin with language that has immediate value. Instead of beginning with imitation of sounds, they are taught different ways to ask for things that they want. Often they don't even know how to point for what they desire because they have never learned that simple skill. The therapist might start with shaping their hand with the index finger extended, then touching a preferred item such as a cookie. Soon the child learns to point at other things that they want. By pairing the pointing with the verbal sounds that can be shaped, the therapist begins the long process of giving this child functional communication skills. But before the communication can be learned, it has to have value for the child. It must make their life better or the skill will not be remembered for long. The therapist's search for what the child needs or wants before connecting these items with an action such as pointing. This is often the first step that leads to the missing connection to the world around them. Once they can tell people what they want and need, the tantrums and aggression often are reduced or even disappear. Learning the first steps of communication changes everything. Recently, we have been talking about what a follower of Jesus must look like. The fruit of the Spirit, the nine elements listed in Paul's letter to the Galatians, is a description of someone following that path. Those nine elements begin with love, joy, and peace. Later, we talked about growing in the path that takes us to that destination. This is the discussion from the second letter by Peter. This process description ends where Paul begins, with the goal of love supreme, the agape love, the joy, and the peace, and so on. So we have talked about the path and about the goal, but we have not talked about the beginning place. There has to be a first steps on the journey. For one of our earlier illustrations, we talked about driving a car to the Computer History Museum, but giving directions to the museum 
assumes the person knows how to drive a car. Learning to drive gives value to the directions to the museum. Hearing about love, joy, and peace does not mean someone knows what that means or how to get there. They need first steps. But what do these first steps look like in the connection with Jesus? To answer that, we can find an example of someone that started knowing nothing and how they took those first steps. The story begins with a beating. Two men made some powerful people mad, and they had been very harshly beaten in a way that left them bloody and bruised. They were not given medical care, but instead were thrown into prison and their feet locked in stocks. They had healed a girl that was being exploited, but Paul's act of kindness meant that these men who were exploiting her could no longer charge for her services, and that's why they became so angry. Thus, these important men of the city of Philippi had Paul and Silas beaten and locked in prison. But they did not act like other prisoners. They did not curse their unfair treatment, but the two men were singing and praying about the love of the God they served and of their hope for others. Up until now, you might think that the focus of the story was going to be the girl that was healed, or maybe it was the people of the city responding to this act of kindness by freeing Paul and Silas. Neither is the case. The focus of the story is the man that delivered that terrible beating and locked them in a device of torture. While many people focus on the strange behavior of children with autism or the aggression or the tantrums, that is not what the therapist sees. They don't focus on what is there, but focus on what is missing. They know that if they can give the children a way of communicating, the behavior can be reduced. Communicating might include sign language or using pictures or vocal speech. It does not matter as long as the children discover the power to effectively express themselves. It is the foundation piece that begins the transformation process. When Luke describes the scene in the prison that night, the jailer knows nothing of Jesus or of the gospel. But what he has heard and seen were men that acted differently than any others he had met. They had that love, joy, and peace that Paul would later write about. And the jailer noticed. Beginning the story in Acts chapter 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? One of the most common questions from this story is why would the jailer kill himself? The answer is that a jailer was responsible for his prisoners, and if his prisoners escaped, he would be arrested and tortured to death. 
He was choosing to end his life quickly when Paul called out to him. Paul helped the man that had beaten him bloody. All of these factors had an impact on the man. The jailer rushed in and asked the question, What must I do? This is the beginning place on the road to God. It is asking a simple but powerful question. He is asking about first steps. The first words of communication that can transform a life. Where and how do I begin? Continuing the reading, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. As Paul answers his question, the jailer knows nothing about Jesus or of the God of heaven. He does not know what Jesus said, what he taught, or what it means. But Paul points him to Jesus and said, your hope is there. Think of the parents that had been in despair because their children's diagnosis of autism and the challenging behaviors that they had been dealing with. As they plead for help and guidance, a therapist says that they have tools that can help. They have not explained to the parents the therapy plan yet, just that there is a way and a direction to go that offers hope. They are taking the first steps on the journey to a new life for their child. The jailer is the same way. He knows nothing yet. The next verse tells us Paul began to teach him and teach those that were a part of his household. We will come back to the household in a minute, but as Paul shares the information, the jailer is told what the gospel is about. He and his household are being told about first steps. The second element is the first actions taken by the jailer. It says the jailer washed their wounds. Paul and Silas had not been given any medical care after their beating that had resulted in open wounds. Imagine the change in attitude represented by this action. It was most likely the jailer himself that had delivered the beatings. But now he does what he can to provide comfort and care. There is a word for this, repentance. Repentance is more than remorse, but an actual change in action and attitude. This change is driven by different goals and different values than before. The gospel is about this kind of change. Love replaces hate. Kindness replaces self-interest. Patience replaces anger and violence. Not that this change happens all at once, but begins with what can be changed right now. Helping to heal a wound that he had caused is clearly a change in attitude and a change in direction. The next element is baptism. There are a couple of characteristics to baptism that are often misunderstood or ignored. One is that the action takes place during that same night. There was no delay or hesitation for a public spectacle or ceremony. This is the response to a command given by Jesus in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew. 
To be a follower of Jesus means following this important first command. This is the second misunderstanding. It is a command that was taught to the jailer by Paul, and he obeyed it. The last element seen is the meal that the jailer and his family shared with Paul and Silas. It is a scene filled with joy for the household as they have all responded to the teaching of Paul. But it is important to note that the household is mentioned in each of these elements. The invitation by Paul for the hope of God, the teaching, the act of baptism, and the celebration all are shared with those connected with the jailer. So what do we learn about the gospel from this account? First, the actions of true believers will stand out from the actions of others. Paul and Silas acted differently, and it was noticed. Their act of kindness to a man that had not been kind to them stands out as the most obvious. Second, the teaching of the story and the principles of the gospel are a necessary part of these first steps. A question led to more information being shared, not only with the jailer, but with his household. Third is the actions associated with becoming connected with the gospel, including the care given to Paul and Silas and the action of baptism by everyone in the household. Finally, there is the joy of realizing that they have a different direction and a way of living than before, and the hope that brings. These are first steps. The jailer and his household still had much to learn and to connect with other believers in Philippi, such as Lydia. I'm sure that there were many challenges for the new believers, and while we might speculate about them, we just are not told. What we are told is the beginning of a radical change and how we can imitate that. We need to learn of Jesus and what he did and what he taught. We need to use the jailer and his family as a model for repentance and obedience. We can then build from there a more complete understanding and appreciation for the love of Jesus. But we have to start with the most basic elements, just like the jailer. The silence of a child with autism is terrifying. Imagine the look on the face of a mother when their child says, Mommy, for the first time and knowing that it is just a first step towards a life being transformed. Learning about Jesus and taking action is just the first step towards so much more. But it requires learning about the love of God. It means changing attitudes and actions and the commitment to following the instruction given. We must all start at the beginning with the first steps. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.